Board Game Mechanics. I'm Joel. With me, as always, is... Hey, guys. What's going on? It is Jason. We nailed it, Jason. We stuck the landing on that one. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, it's been a heck of a year. It's technically 2020. And and actually, it's just 2020. Not just technically, I guess. Yeah, um, it is 2020. You're right. How was your? How were your holidays? Uh, not too bad. I got a couple games for Christmas. Got some games that I was playing and just hung out with the family. It was nice. Yeah, same, same, same. Uh, got a few things. They're on the shame shelf with some other stuff. So hopefully you can get those off before too long. But yeah, it was a nice time to just rela- relax and rest and um, be sick. I was on antibiotics for 10 days of my 14 off. Um, and now you're people are probably hearing a little in your voice. Yeah, I'm a little rough, but it's on its way out for me. So that's good. Yep. I'm hoping for me too. Uh, the ear infection thing was just not that fun, to be honest. No, those stink. Yeah. Uh, well, cool. Uh, so just real quick here, we have uh, just something to say up top here. This might be a little bit of a quicker episode uh, with Jason not feeling great and us just kind of enjoying the last of the holidays here. Uh, we, we are going to abbreviate this episode a little bit. We'll still have something good for you to listen to, but we're not going to hit news this week. We're not going to do our games played. We'll come back with those with a vengeance next week. Maybe we'll do three games played next week and, and give you guys a lot of that. Cause I'm not sure what we're going to talk about next week. Um, and then we're going to start doing some gaming terms. So that was a good idea, Jason. We'll, we'll start getting those in soon. Uh, just kind of defining things. I think people who are new to the hobby, there's just some terms that are a little bit ambiguous, and we're going to define them. Um, I don't know if Jason and I will agree on them all, but we'll try. So that's that's that. Um, and I guess before we get into our, our stuff that we're really going to talk about here, um, a reminder, Protospiel. So if you're hearing this, the code Riveted works. If you're signing up for Protospiel South Bend, you will get a little discount on that. Um, send them Jason, tell them Jason and Joel sent you, but again, that won't matter. The code riveted is what matters. So say riveted and get access to that discount. If you're going to protospiel, hope to have, uh, some, some representation of protospiel on real soon. Uh, so that's coming. Keep, keep tuned for that. That's, that's about it for the up top stuff here. Jason, anything else? Uh, just the code with rivet is a capital R. I don't know if that matters, but capital R. And if you're new to us, welcome. Uh, just something for you to know. We do have a website, bgmechanics.com. That's where you can find everything, like all of our social media presence is linked there. And then also our YouTube channel. Um, yeah, Jason, let's, I guess, move on. So Jason's saving his voice. Uh, it seems that way a lot of episodes probably to some people because I'm super long-winded. But Jason's saving his voice a little this week because if he laughs or says much, um, I think he starts coughing. And so we're going to let Jason give you guys the good information. It's kind of sad. I feel bad without that good, generous <laughs> laugh that Jason has this week. But I know that if you laugh too much, we're going to like have spittle all over the microphone from you coughing. So we'll just hold off. Yeah, just know I'm laughing. I'm laughing in my head. Just know that. <laughs> good enough. Well, we're going to hit our top five games of 2019. Um, so, I, man, I should just record you laughing and just play it occasionally. Uh, number five for me, Jason. This is, uh, man, number five, six, seven, we're all really close. And so it was hard for me to make number five, number five. It just was kind of tough. Um, so number five for me is Black Angel. I really like this game. A Euro in Space, very much influenced by Twa. But there's a addition of like some kind of... 
In Twa, there's like really three spaces you can go. And this one, there's kind of six, but the three are related. But it's definitely dice placement. Some of the how the dice work is very close to Twa. But it added to the game and, and modified it and shifted it. Um, played Ladies and Twa more recently. And that's a cleaner game and probably an easier game to wrap your mind around. Black Angels has got so much going on. And it's just – it's a heavier game and more convoluted. But I'm not sure if it's convoluted good or convoluted bad on how you get your points. The AI programming, it's all really good. I really like the game a lot. I'm just not sure where I'm going to end up with this one in regards to this one and Twa both existing in my collection. But it was my fifth favorite game of 2019. And I think it's very good at that. And this is a space game that I think I could probably convince Jason to play even. Oh, yeah. For sure. All right. Yeah, that's a cool pick. I would play this one. I really like Twa. And this one seems pretty slick as well. Um, my number five is a two-player only game. And I had another game in here, but I think I like this one a little bit better. And that is called Nagaraja. Yeah. Is this where you roll the sticks? Yeah, you roll the sticks and they have lines and pips on them. Yeah. yeah. And like Katie couldn't describe them. She was like, they're kind of like dice, but they're not. And then you came on the next week and said, you just roll sticks. Yeah, they're essentially stakes, yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. Uh, this one's kind of starting to get some steam, too, man. I think you were one of the first people I know who played this one. And I didn't realize it was this new of a game. But, yeah, I, I think you're one of the first people I know who, who played it and enjoyed it. And I've, I'm starting to see it pop up other places. So Yeah, it's really good. I think it was released around Origins, but officially at Gen Con. But what this is is it's a, a tile-placing game, kind of. And you're rolling these sticks to try to determine if you can win a tile to put it on your board. And the gist of the game is you're trying to get from the entrance of this cave over to the side walls to try to flip these relics. And you're trying to be the first person to get 20 points worth of relics before the other players. The trick here is, the trick here is there's also these cursed relics that if you flip three of those, you automatically lose the game. So you're trying to kind of figure out where some of your relics are so you know not to flip your cursed ones or maybe move around some of your opponent's stuff. It's really good. Rolling the sticks is really fun. So my number five, Nagaraja. The, the mechanic of the year for you, I think, was push your luck. Cause this sounds like it has some push your luck to it where you don't want to flip that third cursed relic. Yeah, it does. But you're trying to, you know, do other things. Uh, yeah, it sounds neat. Uh, two player exclusively. So like games that are designed to be played at two tend to do better at two. So that's pretty cool as well. Yep. My number four, Jason is tapestry. I really did like this game. I still like it quite a bit. I will play this most any time. I think I'm going to say this one's right now at a strong eight, but not quite a 10. Um, really like it though a lot. The more I play it, the more I realize there's more than one way to win this game, more than one way to play it. And I've seen some people do some really interesting strategies to try and win. I feel like those initial civilizations that you start with aren't balanced. So there's like a balancing sheet you can get now that has been put out by, by Stonemeyer to try and balance things a little better. If you play with that, it makes the game more competitive. Or you can not play with it and give some of the easier factions to people who are new to the game. Because this is definitely one of those games where if you play it a couple times, you get better at it. You realize, I need to move this track up in order to make this track go better. Um, or I need to get these things onto my, onto my, into my player board before I do these other things to make them more powerful. So the sequencing of this game is really powerful. But basically, this is just moving stuff up tracks, a super abstracted civilization development kind of game. Um, it, it gets touted as being a civ building game. It really is an engine builder. That's a civ themed engine builder. Uh, Tapestry, beautiful production on it too. Uh, my number four. Yeah, that's cool. This is uh, the more I read about this game, the more I think it might be something that I would enjoy. So I'll have to give this one a go at some point. 
Yeah, it's like no no combat at all. So I think that's something that's going to be right up your alley. And it's just it's just you develop these tracks is all you do. It's pretty abstracted to be honest. So that's cool. Yeah. All right. So my number four is also a game from Stonemaier, and it's one that I was hesitant on because I didn't want to jump on the hype train. And it is called Wingspan. But it's so good still. It really is good. The more I play this game, the more I really do like it. I think I played yeah. it maybe four or five times with the expansion once. And yeah. yeah, we've talked about this game. You've talked about this game. Everybody's talked about this game. It's an engine builder where you're playing these birds down on your player board. Based on the row that you put your board down, it's going to make all those actions better. And then you're going to fire all the actions of the bird in that column or row or whatever. And you're going to do that over a series, I think, five rounds, four rounds. And then whoever has the most points at the end of the game is the winner. It's really easy to teach. It's easy to play. It has really nice art. All the birds are different, which is pretty slick, too. So even if you don't care about birds, check out this game. So my number four, Wingspan. I'm not going to say much more about this one right now, uh, Kerwink. <laughs> uh, number three for me, Jason, I just got this one played. Just got it in uh, right under the radar. And that's on Mars. Uh, this game basically is – oh, I think what happened on this one is Vidal Lacerda was like, hey, I like all my games. I want them all to go together and be one huge behemoth of a complex game. So it became this one. And then he also wanted like some like elements of tile laying and just all kinds of stuff going on in this game. Uh, just It's a ton going on in this game to be honest. You basically have a home base – and then you're sending these little robots out to build and develop other little pods. And then you're trying to connect the pods together to develop them into special powered things. So like you can get a hydroponics garden where it, you know, helps with powering up some other actions more easily. And then you can hire scientists who work in those labs for free. And then you can beyond that get just a number of things going on. You can get a rover that goes out and collects goods and makes discoveries for you. You can uh, unlock more shuttles, like private shuttles, to go into space and come out of space. There's two sets of actions you do in this game. There's some that you do in the colony. There's some that you do out in space. But basically what you're doing is you're establishing a moon colony. And you get points for everything you do. It's just a true point salady game where they're, it's kind of the most clever thing on it is that the shuttle goes into orbit. When it goes into orbit, you can catch a free ride over to the colony. Otherwise, it's going to cost you, and you can only do half the actions on the board at any given time, depending on where you're at, unless you can get a free hitch back on the shuttle. Eventually, the shuttle's not going to go back and forth near as often. Um, we're working kind of together to make the colony better and move this like life support system thing up, this track up. But we're going to get tons of points and rewarded for doing it. We're competing with each other, but we're doing it together to try and like refresh some supplies and make things better for us as astronauts that are pioneering what, what's happening on Mars. So that's on Mars. Really hard to explain because it's just such a heavy, big game. It's probably the heaviest Vidal Lacerda game that I've played, and I've played all of them. So except for the Portuguese railways of Portugal, which I can't imagine being harder than this or heavier than this. <laughs> it's just yeah. a ton of stuff in it. Yeah, I remember you sent a picture, and the player board is like the biggest player board I've ever seen in my life, and the actual game board looks bigger than the Lisboa board. Yeah, it's as big, certainly. It might be a little bigger. Um, I think nuts. it's the same size, probably. But it's like, on your turn, there's basically eight actions you can do, and you can only do one of the four. 
But then the executive actions you can do, which, you know, is a thing he does. Yeah, yeah. Wait, yeah. Uh, just on your player board, there's like oh, probably 10 or 12 of them you can do that are different executive actions you can do. And basically it's that thing of like the tickets in the gallerist where you get these like crystals and you spend a couple of them or three of them or four of them to do like these other more powerful actions. Some of them are main actions you can do as an executive if you burn a bunch of these extra resources. Um, just a really interesting game. Just a ton in it. So on Mars, number three. That's crazy. I mean, I like Vitao's games, but the more that I have to teach them, the less I like getting them out. So this one seems this, like it's a no play for me. It will take 45 minutes to explain this game to somebody. I mean, like for sure. Ugh. And then it's two hours to three hours to play. Um, the gaming rules video by Paul Grogan on it is awesome. And he explains it so well, but it takes him 45 minutes to explain it. So that's crazy. Yeah, it, it's just, it's a lot, but it's really good. I really like it a lot. That's cool. Uh, my number three is from Wolfgang Warsh, the guy that did mm. Quacks of Quedlinburg, one of my favorite games of all time. And it is called The Taverns of Tiefenthal. Uh, mm. I just did a live play with Katie on this this week, and this game is fantastic. I've played it three times already since I got it, and this is one of the ones I got for Christmas. So this is a, a dice drafting, dice placement, deck builder with module boards. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to draft these dice to activate these cards and characters in your tavern to give you money and beer. Money's going to let you hire more people to work in your tavern or upgrade pieces of your tavern, which are going to attract nobles to your tavern. Beer is going to let you get these special guests that come in, and they're going to give you more options of dice to earn money. Because at the beginning, you can only earn money with twos and ones. And as the game goes on, if you buy beer guys, you can get threes, fours, fives, and sixes to make your options a little more you know, a little more prevalent with drafting the dice. So this game's awesome. It's really fun. Um, it comes with five modules. Play them all. Don't waste your time doing anything less. And this game is awesome. I love it. So my number three, Taverns of Tiefenthal. Is this something you think I'd dig? Oh, yeah. It's it's real good. It's pretty solidly like, I mean, it's family plus probably, but it's really, really fun. I enjoy yeah. it quite a bit. I think you would like it too. Huh. This one's, this one's on my, I have like 75 bucks worth of Amazon gift cards to blow. What do I get? List for sure. Um, Res Arcana's too, but I'm not, I don't know if either one of us is going to mention that. This is better than Tavern, or this is better than Res Arcana, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's more fun, I think. Spoiler, Res Arcana is not going to be number two or number one for Jason. Uh, no, it was on my short list though. It was. It was it? Yep. Well, number two, Jason, for me. That good, good bird game that we've been talking about, Wingspan. This is my second favorite game of this year. Um, would have been my favorite game most many years. Uh, just a really good game. The more you play it, the more I think you understand how the cards can work together. For sure. And you understand where the cards should be used at. So some of those cards that give you an extra resource, an extra kind of food, when you take a certain kind of row of actions, you like realize if you can get one or two of those out real early – then that just makes life so much easier for you. And it's going to make your points that you get at the end just multiplied by a ton. Um, you understand, you know, some of the cards that, that generate tons of cards. Maybe you need to get one of those birds that lets you tuck a card. You know what I mean? And things like that. So you start understanding synergies much more as you play this game. It's really good the first time. It's better the second, better yet the third. Keeps getting better a few plays in and I'm to the point where I get about the same amount of enjoyment every time and understand that it's just a really good game, really solid game. Um, it has made me not want to play gizmos. That's for sure. It's <sighs> made me not want to play, uh, even terraforming Mars at this point. So 
Um, Wingspan, really a good game that I'm enjoying quite a bit. And I don't, this one I think is going to be darn near evergreen for me. Then you, like you said, the expansion adds not just new birds, but some of the, so basically in the base box, they advertise there's, you know, over a hundred birds in there or something. Well, the birds do like maybe 15 different actions and then they have different variations on it depending on the bird type. Well, then you add the European expansion to it and you basically replace those birds and get new actions. So it makes the game a little bit fresh and adds some kind of cooler things that happen in there. Um, some things that I think actually increase the gameriness of the game, uh, make it a little more gamery and I think more fun. So European expansion, pretty awesome too. So number two wingspan. Yeah. Those birds that you can put sideways to take up two spots are awesome. Dude, the whole, the whole European expansion is really interesting because the birds are crazy looking too. They right? really are. Yeah. They're awesome. I don't know. As a North American person, like, I'm like, man, is that really a bird you see, like, out in the wild? Like, <laughs> I can't even think of what I'm thinking of, but, like, just they have so many weird big birds in Europe, I guess. And that's cool. I need to head to Europe to see some big birds. Yeah. There's that one that's, like, rainbow colored, which is awesome. I was like, there's no way this is real. I Like, the one I'm trying to think of is, like, it looked like a, like, pelican or something, but it was just this big, beefy bird. And it looked like a dog as much as a bird. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, the the ruffian or something I don't know I remember I remember it as soon as we hang up but I've only played with the expansion once just like you so like it though quite a bit and those lavender eggs are a nice addition too oh yeah for sure I can't wait till they do something with those and they have to do something the with the colors later yeah it has you'd to think you'd think yeah yeah maybe maybe not all right so my number two is a game that's uh it's probably going to be one that I keep around for a while and I've played this I think it was my most played game this year or second most and it is called Parks. Yeah. And it's from Keymaster Games. It's probably one of the best looking games that I have on my shelf. Like the production quality and art and everything in this game is out, out of the park. It's amazing. Out of the park. No pun, inclu- no pun, I guess. But what this game is, if you don't know, which we've talked about it before, so you should. Uh, you're moving you, these, two hitch- these two hikers, not hitchhikers, hitchhikers down this trail. And you're going to take an action to collect some sun, water, mountains, or trees. And you're trying to turn in these tokens to fulfill the contracts that are on these parks also known as visiting the park and you're trying to visit a bunch of parks to score points you also have this in-game goal condition that you're trying to meet while you're playing takes place over four rounds i believe and whoever has the most points is the winner it's super easy to teach easy to play looks gorgeous on the table and if you're a fan of parks this is a no-brainer go pick this up so my number two parks yeah uh newton newton didn't make my list and i feel bad about that it's number six. Before I say my number one, I want to say that. And I think it technically qualifies because I think that was an Essen release, but I'm not positive. Yeah, that sounds right. Oh, man. That's such a good game. I think 2019 overall was a good year for games, honestly. Like, I these agree. games are all really good. I think it's better than 2018, I would say almost certainly. Number one, Jason, is my number two game of all time right now. And that's City of the Big Shoulders. This game is just all the economic stuff that I love in a game stock markets, route. Not really route building, but like stock market manipulation and then logistics development, not route development, like logistics development. It takes the route development out of 1833 games, but it's just like logistics development and production of factories, trying to figure out how to manipulate commodity markets and how to make stock markets work for you to maximize your profits and make the most money. City of the Big Shoulders just makes a lot of sense too. I mean, like, see, you know, people who are gamers or not even exactly gamers, but understand how business works. This game makes a lot of sense. It's my favorite game with a stock market in it at this point. 
Uh, City of the Big Shoulder is my number one game for the year. That is a pretty good game. I enjoy this one quite a bit. Maybe someday I'll learn how to do the math. <laughs> yeah, it makes you feel really dumb. I nah, I mean, I think the more you play it, the more you're going to like it. It's one of those games that you play it once and you go, that's something. I want to play it again. And then I think the second and third plays, you really kind of get things to fire for you and it gets better. Yeah. Uh, all right. So my number one is a game from Board and Dice. And it's probably the heaviest game that I'm going to talk about here. And it is called Trismegistus, the Ultimate Formula. Um, so this is a big sprawling, well, not sprawling, but it's a big dice drafting game, sort of. And you're using these dice to take different actions on your player board. You're trying to transmute different kinds of, I don't know, elements into metals and other elements. You're trying to move up these tracks because I love tracks. Um, you're trying to unlock these special formulas that are going to go into this grid to, I think it's called the Sorcerer's Stone section, that are going to give you more bonuses when you get some columns and rows. The cool thing about this game is you can take actions on other people's turns if you have some lightning bolts. So it's one of those games where you're always paying attention to other people's actions because you may want to do a weaker version of what they're doing. And that is really neat because it doesn't feel like you're ever not taking a turn. And I enjoy that. So my number one, Trismegistus, the ultimate formula. Yeah, I knew you liked this one, but I was, I'm not surprised, I guess, but a little, man, this is uh, really high. I guess that's great, man. Uh, awesome. I have, I have not played it. You would like it a lot. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Maybe. Well, cool. Uh, very cool. So some games that we didn't mention need to be mentioned probably because we need to, you know, like probably the game you love didn't get mentioned. So we need to probably mention it and make sure that you guys know, Hey, we know that game exists. We acknowledge it. We think it's okay or not okay or whatever. And so just real quick, some time spent on that. Um, here are actually my games in order from six to whatever they end up being at. Um, I'm putting Newton in there because Newton is, I think it was an action release or it wasn't available widely in the United States till this year. Uh, and it's, it's great, but I just, I just missed it. Uh, and then Aeon's in Legacy is my next game. It's be my seven. My eight would be Parks. Uh, Horrified would be my number nine. Um, really like that game. I'm not a huge co-op fan and that one's really good. Uh, Escape Plan. I really like Escape Plan. It's weak for a, a Vita Lacerda game, but it's not bad. It's certainly still good. Marvel Champions, LCG, worth worth playing, worth checking out. I'm not sure if it's worth going all in and buying all the expansions and stuff, but I see where there's a lot of potential there. Homebrewers, really like Homebrewers a lot. That's a good entry-level base weight game, and that belongs in my ranking somewhere. Extraordinary Adventures Pirates, it's just kind of a fun game. It's a good racing-ish game. Um, just kind of a neat deck buildy kind of racing game. Wayfinders, just played this one. Not sure what to think of it exactly. It's not amazing, but it's certainly really good. It's a good maybe kind of next steps game for gateway players. Edge of Darkness is really good as well. It's just a lot there and a lot of setup, so that kind of hurts it a little bit. And then finally, Sierra West. It's just, it's a really bizarre game how you program these paths of actions. It's very different. Really like it quite a bit. So those are things that I did play this year and that I think are really good still, but they didn't quite make my top five. I'm guessing you probably have a list like that too. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't, I didn't put any, my six through 10 in any order, but I did have two that were competing for number five and that was Res Arcana and Fantastic Factories. Mm. Those are great games. They're both engine builder games kind of, and they are fantastic. So check those out. Um, I also like City of the Big Shoulders. I need to play it a little more, I think, to get it on my list because I only played it once and the math made me feel dumb. Uh, I like Abomination. Artemis Project Project is great. It was close to making my list. 
Draftosaurus, which is a little light drafting game where you're drafting these dinosaurs to fill up your park. Circadian's First Light might be my number six. It was pretty great. Um, it's a space game resource management deal. Fire in the Library, Push Your Luck. I love Push Your Luck. Homebrewers, which you already talked about, a little game about making brew. And Tricky Tides, which is a trick-taking pick-up-and-deliver game with really awesome art, and I like it quite a bit. Yeah, no, that's those are all tricky tides. Is one that I'm like, okay, so actually, to be honest, I'm the most surprising game on your, all your list is Parks. Like, it's a really good game, but for me to th- imagine that you have it as high as you do is wild for me. Like, it's just such a light game. Um, for you to like it as much as you do is pretty wild. Yeah, I think it's only because I've played it so much, and whenever I think about games from this year, that's the one I think about because I've played it so much. So I think. That's part of it. Otherwise, it probably would be lower. Yeah, the next category are games that I forgot about and when I was making this list, but remembered in the meantime and then didn't add. So this is the, oops, I forgot games. Uh, because it's a little bit forgettable of a game, but it's really good too. And that's Silver. I really like Silver. Um, kind of a cool deduction game. Not social deduction, but just kind of a deduction game. And kind of a try and remember where your cards are game. That game's really good. Um, and I guess some stuff that I played this year that I'm like, eh, whatever about. Uh, includes Dawn of Mankind. It's it's fine. It's not great. It's fine. Um, not going to discourage people from getting it or encourage people to get it. It's just, it's fine. Um, and there's just a few other games like that in that category. Um, so that's that's that, I guess. Um, I, I don't know. Anything you played this year that you're like, eh, maybe not? Yeah, uh, I actually forgot about one until I was talking with Katie. And it was, it's called Rex Raiders. Rex Raiders? Huh. Uh, I've actually played this one a couple times. It's super fun. Uh, it's a little area control resource collection contract fulfillment game that I really enjoy. And one I forgot to mention from earlier is Museum, because that's great as well. Yeah, Museum's really good, too. I, I put it in the better than just meh category for sure. Yeah, Same for sure. Silver. Um, yeah, those those are really good games. Games I didn't care for. Jason, you have any 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 guesses on the game that I was like, eh, about this year? Uh, Abomination. The one that almost broke up the band. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I just need to play it with the Igor rules. I mean, like, I think the Igor rules addressed most of my concerns with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about, what about Village Pillage? You guys were hot on that for a while. Uh, I enjoy it. I mean, it's a little take that card game, but it's, it's okay. Yeah. Another one I forgot about too is Dizzle. That's a good one too. A little roll and write from, from oh, yeah. uh, Stronghold. That one's pretty good as well. I wouldn't rank it in my top 15 or so. Um, man, just a lot of things that came out. Another game that I would say that is not great this year that I played was On the Underground, London, Berlin. Not amazing. I know people were really hyped about it. It's just, it's fine. It's nothing to write home about. Is is Goo Gong from 2019? You know what? I was wondering about that too. I kind of think it was. I think it may be fulfilled in real early 2019. It definitely didn't hit retail. That's making my list. <laughs> yeah, it would for sure. I think I don't know. It's hard to know where that one came out. I think maybe you could pick it up at Essen last year. So I think it would definitely qualify. And that one and, and Newton, like Newton, didn't make my list just because I was like, man, I'm not positive when that one came out. But those are both awesome games that if they came out technically in 2019, I would say they're worth having on the list for sure. Probably. Yeah, one that I was kind of disappointed in is Aristocracy. Huh. And that game, like, I don't know. I've seen it posted so many places. It's been all over the Facebook groups and the Twitters. Like, it's everywhere. I don't know what it is. People love that game, and it just wasn't for me. Huh. Aristocracy is a no-go for you, huh? 
Nope. I, I guess I'm just not a huge Knizia fan, so that might be part of it. No fault of the game, just I don't like Knizia that much. P- yeah, people love Knizia a lot, but you're the first person I think in the United States to play it, probably, which makes it kind of funny that you're like not a fan of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it was okay. It was a fine game. I'd just rather play something else. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're the first person in the general public, basically, that played that game. So, uh, so here are games. Here are games that I didn't get a chance to play, and they aren't included on my list. Worth mentioning that they aren't on my list because I haven't played them. Um, so, if you didn't hear me talk about these games, it's because I want to play them, but I haven't played them yet. And I, I'm guessing maybe you can uh, kind of say, "Yep, I'm with you on that," or whatever, too, as we did this. Okay. Uh, Deep Blue. Didn't get a chance to play that one yet. Oh, man, I I want to play this so bad. It's push your luck. Yeah. Res Arcana, I never played it. Um, I know you did. I really like it. It's good. It looks good. I really like the looks of it, I guess is what I should say. PAX Premier um, didn't get on on the, I guess, initial batch of those, and there's no way I'm going to find a copy. And I'm not even positive it's for me. Uh, Paladins of the West Kingdom, that one looks really good to me. I just haven't had a chance to play it either. Cloudspire, that's another one of those... uh, uh, what is it? Chip Theory games. They're just kind of not around as much because you have to buy them straight from them and they're a little pricey. And I just got too many bones. We'll see why I like that before I do Chips uh, Cloudspire. And actually, I've heard some kind of mixed reviews at best about Cloudspire. Pipeline, haven't had a chance to play that one either. That's really kind of sad. Um, Taverns, you mentioned that one already. Looking forward to playing that one. Blood on the Clock Tower. That one I don't think anyone's gotten a chance to play really because it's not fulfilled yet, but that game looks kind of interesting. Yeah. Natty Narking. That's one I want to play too. That's the, it's kind of a reimplementation, I guess, of, uh, what is it? Discworld? Yeah, that does look good. One that's surprising that I've heard so many good things about and I'm waiting for it to hit 50% clearance at Target before I buy it is Jaws. Um, if it hits 50% off, I'll buy it, but I've heard some really good things about it. Um, Ecos, First Continent, Cartographers, haven't even had a chance to play that one. It's a wonderful world. I think you just got to play that one, and I really want to play it. It looks really interesting. Kind of a cool... I have mixed feelings about that one. Do you? It's kind of an engine builder game a little bit, I think, maybe. Uh, tableau build kind of game. Yeah. Um, King's Dilemma. Don't know much about it, but I've heard some really good things recently. Uh, Reavers of Midgard. Funkoverse. I, we own it. My wife really wants to play it. I'm just not sure it's going to be very good. Azul Summer Pavilion points out in Underwater Cities. Underwater Cities sitting on my shame shelf. So good. Um, so those are the games that I didn't get a chance to play that were really more popular this year or came out this year. And that's why they're not there. It's not that I didn't like them or did like them. Um, that's, that's it for me, Jason. Anything you need to add on your, I need to get it played yet before I make an opinion list. Uh, I'm trying to think of the ones that you said, I didn't look at any of these, but deep blue, I'd really like to play uh, paladins of the West kingdom. I'd really like to play uh, the rest of them on your list outside of maybe Nanty narking. I'm good. Yeah. Well, cool. That's about it, guys. Um, anything else, Jason? Any closing comments here? Uh, I don't think so. I'm just looking forward to see what kind of games come out in 2020 because that will – hopefully it's better than this year because this year was pretty solid. Yeah. Th- this year, I think there were probably like – let me look here again. In 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 my top 100 – yeah, all, all five of these games are in my top 100. So that's a pretty good year. So pretty great. I think mine. I think mine were two actually, which is pretty good. Well, cool. Uh, Jason, this feels really short. We're, we're running a short episode here. 36 minutes isn't that short, I guess. But no, not really. We'll call it good, I guess. I've been Joel. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming. Keep gaming. Board Game Mechanics are Joel and Jason. This show was written and produced by Joel and Jason. Edited by Probably Jason. Sound design by Joel and Jason. Best boy, Jason. 
Key Grip, Joel. <laughs> Directed by Jason and Joel. <laughs> Executive producer, Jason and Joel. Promotional consideration by no one. Because we tried to get a sponsor, but nobody loved us. We, we need to get one of those. Uh, you, thank you for listening to a Joel and Jason production. <laughs> Proud home of no affiliation or or being being sponsored by anyone. Home of the only non-sponsored board gaming podcast. You're not board wrong. You're not wrong there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's a fun outro for you. That is funny. Uh, that's funny. Jason and Joel, produced by Mr. and Mrs. Smith and Mr. and Mrs. Kratzer. Ew. Yeah. That's that's a little joke that I saw in a short film one time. Jason, I want to hug you through this microphone.